Hey, 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 we're back. Summer break is officially over. Our two we are back, hiatus. everybody. Oh, my Lanta. Paige and I were just talking like, we were so involved and like, oh, yeah, we like, like figuring out all this like things, like all the top prospects. And then we took a little break and we're like, oh, my Lanta. It feels weird. Like we've been away for it from too, from it for too long. Um, yeah. I know, but we're back, honey. Whether you like it or not, we're here. <laughs> ready? And we're ready to, to go. Talk. Ready to talk draft. Ready to yes. talk. Yes, we're very excited about this because even though um, obviously this whole season we've gone through our top twenty-five, it's obviously changed throughout the season. Um, I think you'll be very interested to see and hear, you know, who is on the list like at the top who are the top prospects because I think it was like interesting for Paige and I to even see some of the names that we haven't even really heard of this year so I think it'll be yeah good. it'll be interesting like names that we haven't just really discussed as much this year because they weren't necessarily on relevant teams yes yeah um so Definitely some names that we haven't talked as much about that you'll hear. Um, we're going to go into really the top, like, 20 college players. Um, yes. According to D1 Baseball, because that's really been our go-to this year. And mm -hmm. according to uh, MLB Prospects draft. Yes. But we will also then talk about a bunch of the players we've been telling you about all year that didn't make that top 20. So... Yeah, no, things are definitely, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. And Paige and I did say, even though this is a college pod, we are going to acknowledge the top four prospects in the MLB draft that are all high school seniors about to go to college, but probably will not because <laughs> they're in the top four spots. Um, I should have this pulled up. I think the first one is, his last name, is it true, Doc? It's true. Yeah, yeah. I might be. I might be thinking about one of our other college players. But, anyways, yeah, this dude. I'll talk about. I mean, the name, the main guy, him. I'll, he I'll get technically. It. I'll okay, perfect. He technically though is supposed to go to Vanderbilt. Obviously, if he's the number one prospect, the dude's not going to Vanderbilt. Um, his dad played in the major leagues. Um, he lich. He looks like a powerhouse. Like respect for sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Drew Jones. Drew Jones. It, we have somebody Andrew else. Andrew Jones. It's <laughs> yes, Andrew. Dad who played yes. for the. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. I will say, like, I think. So. I mean, Paige and I will get into this later, but like, I'm very much so. So people who are in college being drafted, like, go through the process, go to college, <laughs> get that extra experience. Um, but I will say, these high schoolers, soon to be college, MLBers, whatever, are pretty impressive. They they do look pretty impressive, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but sure. we're not going to talk too much about them, because like we said, this is a college pod, so. <laughs> a college pod. It's um... a college baseball pod, baby. Well, Paige, should we move on, or do you want to talk any more about any of them? Nah. FDM high school kids. Nah. <laughs> Sorry, you guys are no, definitely going to hear my dog bark in the back of this, but, you know, what's We new? love dogs. We um, love no, dogs. No, I think congratulations to all those kids, like, in high school that are projected to go in the top four, top ten. Yeah, That's absolutely. Great. 
It is great, great. Vibes. exactly. However, great we're vibes. not going to talk about it because we're not a high school pod. Yeah, we're just not going to touch on it. But we will um, talk about, okay, so MLB draft, baby. Let's get right into it. So these uh, first-round prospects are according to, like we said, NCAA, uh, D1 Baseball, and the MLB prospects list. And also the D1 Baseball staff as of April 26th. So like I, most of it is very consistent. There's a couple players here or there that it's like, ooh, why does this player look so different in the rankings now than they were then? And that's, that's kind of why, because it was back in April. Um, but let's talk about our first round pick. The first round pick will go to the Orioles. This is the second time the Orioles have had the first round pick in four years. Um, the Diamondbacks will follow, and then the Rangers, the Pirates will also be after. I mean, obviously, you know, um, we can look at that and see. Yeah, those teams have kind of struggled the past year. I will say, though, Paige got to see the Orioles this last weekend play who? The Cubs? Yeah, they played the Cubs yesterday. And the the Orioles, we have to give props where props are due. They're absolutely killing it. They're going to have a winning month. They already did or whatever. I don't know. Got to get my facts straight. But they're just killing it. Regardless, they're killing it. Yeah, yesterday they hit 500. So they're literally at 500. If not, if they don't even go over 500 tonight for the yeah. first time in uh, forever. So, yeah, good for no, the it's Orioles. Awesome. Good for them. Exciting to see them doing well, but obviously, as everyone knows, they've been terrible for the last like <laughs> so couple bad. years, which is why they've been yeah. getting that number one yeah. spot. I mean, if you like, we could go into it because, but we're not going to because we're not a major league baseball podcast. But they just don't have money, and they don't pay money. Yeah, like their really entire team is like their entire payroll salary thing for the whole team is less than what Max Scherzer makes himself. Isn't so that insane? It's just oh, when you're crazy. not putting up that dough, you're hoping for all these young prospects to come do something. Exactly. Exactly. It's mm -hmm. very true. Um, well, the Diamondbacks, who get the second pick, they also have been struggling a little bit. Um, good to see them at number two, though, so hopefully they'll get a good player. Um, the Rangers have some pitching in their farm system right now, but you could always use more pitching, of course. Um, as we know, they spent half a billion last year on the middle infield, so probably not looking for outfielders. We'll see what they're going for, though. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see them drafting a shortstop or a second baseman right now when they just gave both of them a quarter of a billion dollars each. So. Yeah, probably, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. So interesting stuff. We're obviously very excited um, to watch. Let's get right into, though, our top, I think we have about the top 18 prospects. So at number one is Brooks and Colleen. Now, this is one that Paige and I both were kind of like, oh, my Lanta, why do we not know anything about him? Well, the fact of the matter is, I mean, obviously, Cal Poly wasn't in our top 25, so we weren't really paying attention to them. But something that I think is interesting is this guy is probably a guy that could have gone to, like, a Vanderbilt in Oregon State, but his dad coaches for Cal Poly, so that's why he played there. Um, he's a switch hitter. His batting average was 357 on base percentage, 462 in slugging, 664. Um, he's 21 years old, so he's played three years for Cal Poly. He played actually for the Corvallis Knights his freshman year. A little fun fact, we love Corvallis, love to see it. He had 15 home runs this year. 
He also played a major role, obviously, for the Cal Poly team this year with 235 at-bats, finishing 22-8 in the Big West Conference and 37-21 and overall. Um, he definitely has the physicality. He's 6'2", 205, so a decent-sized dude. Love to see it. Has a ton of power. Is supposed to only get stronger, which means he will most likely move off of shortstop at the next level and probably be moved to, like, a third-base position to take advantage of his incredible arm. So love to see that. Um, when I was looking at the MLB Prospects page, um, it was cool to find out he is a son of a coach, like I said, so he thinks like one on the field. Scouts say he plays like a veteran and maximizes all of his tools as a player. Um, I just, I thought he was really interesting to look up because obviously, like I said, Cal Poly was never in our top 25, so he was mm -hmm. obviously not on our radar. But the dude, the more that I look at him, he kind of reminds me like 2019 Adley where it's like just kind of like a well-rounded guy who like is a good team leader on the field. And so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Number one Love prospect. Love to see it. Um, next up we have Daniel Susak. We also love him, catcher for Arizona. He's the brother of the former OSU baseball catcher, Andrew Susak. What I found out though, which is crazy, I didn't know that there was 11 years between the two of them. I knew that there was an age difference, but 11 years. So Andrew Susak was actually drafted into the major leagues in 2011. So it'll be fun to see what a little brother will do. Daniel is a draft-eligible sophomore and has been a solid player the last couple of years. However, the abbreviated five-round draft in 2020 did not do him any favors as he went undrafted. Um, he did have a phenomenal year this year, though, uh, with the Wildcats. He ended the season with 181 hits, which are the most by any Arizona player in his first two seasons since 1998. So... Obviously, this guy has been on our radar, radar obviously, because his brother is Andrew Susak as well. So, love to mm -hmm. see that. Good for him. Um, Kevin Parada at our number three spot. He's the catcher from Georgia Tech. Another player that was, like, sort of on our right radar because Georgia Tech has been up in our top 25 briefly, but not super. So, Kevin is from Pasadena, California, ranked as the number four catcher in the country, Number six player overall in the state of California before going to Georgia Tech. One of the best high school catchers in the 2020 draft. Could have actually been drafted in the second or third round, but he was very set on going to Georgia Tech. Love to see that big fan. Um, his defense drew some mixed reviews, though, during his college debut, but his bat earned praise throughout, and he had a school record with 26 homers this spring. So definitely a player that I think... Um, has a lot of growing to do because like I said it looked like the main thing that I was saying about him is he's not super great behind the plate not super great defensively but he can obviously hit the ball so yeah. end of the season hitting 361 on base percentage 453 slugging percentage 709 so but also according to the MLB prospect rankings Parada runs well for a catcher but isn't the most agile or physical behind the plate he wore down over the course of last spring and summer with Georgia Tech and Team USA, but he's been looking better as a sophomore, and scouts credit him for his working diligently on his defense. So, like I said, a dude that has some growing opportunity. Um, and he was one baseball's all-American catcher. Yeah. So, this is very – it's interesting. It's good to see these players that we didn't necessarily have on our radar. So – Number four, though, Jacob Berry. You guys have definitely heard us talk about him, the outfielder yeah, yeah, yeah. for LSU. Yes. I mean, the main thing being that he played at Arizona, 
but followed his coach to LSU. Another strong switch hitter at six feet, 212 pounds. Also, I think it's so funny. I'm going to talk about like their height and weight for a few of them, but I literally feel like, you know, like the NFL combine where it's like yeah. all their stats, like this dude, that is so weird. But I'm also like, yeah, it kind of matters too. So I'm going to talk about it a little. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, feel I feel you, I feel like you, that. go for it. Go <laughs> for know. it. Yeah. Gotta do it. Um, so, uh, so obviously equally productive from both sides of the plate. Barry has drawn some comparisons to a switch hitting version of Andrew Vaughn. If you guys, I'm trusting that you guys are knowledgeable of college baseball. He was the number three choice mm -hmm. in the 2019 draft who now plays for the White Sox. He played at Cal, right Paige? Yes. He Andrew Vaughn, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I just saw him play on Sunday for the- Yes, I know you lucky, but that's why I was so excited. <laughs> you got to see the White Sox, which I initially loved because like Nick Madrigal played for them. Obviously he's on the Cubs, but you got Andrew Vaughn. Mm -hmm. So it was like perfect. Yeah, it did. Super fun mm -hmm, to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. So he's obviously, he has ability to power hit um, an average while controlling the strike zone, very hammers fastballs and handles breaking balls and change-ups well. He actually only appeared um, in just nine of LSU's 63 games this season, mainly as the DH, but just being because obviously LSU has great players, great people on the field, and he kind of was finding his spot. So not that he's any less of a player, but just, yeah, obviously he was playing for LSU. So he wasn't in as many games this year. Um, decent in the outfield in third, but moving on – Jacob Barrett will most likely move to, like, a first base position. Like, he definitely doesn't have, like, the arm like some mm -hmm. of our other players do. Um, number five, Gavin Cross. Another one I really didn't know too much about. He was an outfielder for Virginia Tech. He played his last three years at Virginia Tech. Um, finished his 2022 season, batting 328. Left-hander at the plate. Um, he does have a chance to be an above-average hitter with an above-average power. But I will say, after looking at him, some evaluators have some concern about his contact rates and strike zone control. Though he's greatly improved his walk rate um, and cut down on strike downs or strikeouts this season while driving the ball consistently. Um, outstanding defender, which I really respect. I mean, obviously, we love to see the bats get going, but love a good um, defender on the field. So, love to see it. Obviously, played a key role in Virginia Tech. Being one of the surprises of the season. Because, like I said, Paige, we never really talked about Virginia Tech. And then, obviously, near the end, they just they got better. And I was like, who the heck is Virginia Tech? And why are they why are they good all of a sudden? So Definitely, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Another one that, obviously, we talked a lot about. Because it's Texas so Tech. Jace Young at second base. Big fan of the Young Brothers. Um... So him and his brother both have been key players for the Red Raiders the past few years. Mm -hmm. The Rangers selected his brother, uh, Josh, or Josh, Josh Young, eighth overall in the 2019 um, draft to, yeah, the Rangers, like I said. Mm -hmm. um, but then, so then Jace just came in and replaced him. Loved to see it. They did shift him to second base during the 2021 season. He also won the Big 12 Conference. He won the Big 12 Conference Player of the Year. Um, so he's following his brother's footsteps, and I love to see that. Um, and also primed to go in a similar position like his brother did in the draft. So good for him. 
Yeah. Um, okay. He's also, they do say, according to MLB, the prospect list, they do think actually Josh is going to be a more well-rounded player. Uh, or he is a well-rounded player. More well-rounded player than Drace. Sorry, guys, I can't talk. But, so we'll see what right. he does moving forward. Um, Josh is hurt, though. So. Oh, is he? Yeah, he he's hurt. But he is, Darn. he, last I checked, was down with the Rangers AAA uh, in Round mm. Rock, but I do believe he is hurt. He was at the beginning of the season. He might be better. Last right. I saw he was hurt. Overall, though, just two great players. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, even though, like, he might need some work on his um, defense and obviously growth as a player, the dude can hit. He had 30 homers, or he hit 300. Okay, sorry. I have this all messed up. He hit 335 this season so very impressive player love to see it um number seven we have hunter barco left-handed pitcher for florida this is the one that i was saying where it like really varied where he stood in the rankings so Mm -hmm. he's obviously at number seven right here on our d1 list but according to the mlb prospect list they have him more down on like the 70 spot so that's obviously in time all that stuff but we'll see um but let's see he was the highest ranked high school lefty in the 2019 draft class uh he wasn't taken until round 24 though because of his very strong commitment to play at the university of florida i can't say go gators because i no no thank you i just can't but good for him for being committed to that uh hunter he was solid through the shortened 2020 season um, was definitely in the rotation for the 21 season, and then just, uh, unfortunately, the 2022 season had to get Tommy John. So, he really didn't get to play this last year, but obviously is a great pitcher. Six foot four, insane. Um, the southpaw relies mostly on his fastball-slider combination. His fastball typically sits around 92 miles per hour and touches 95, so... Love to see it. We have Justin Campbell at number eight, the right-handed pitcher, pitcher from Oklahoma State. And I was just saying 6'4 was insane. Justin is 6'7, 219. So like I said, yeesh. Insane. Yeah. 6'7 Cage. Can you imagine us standing next to a person? I think I oh my gosh, yes. One of my friends is actually 6'7. And it's just not normal. It's abnormal. It just isn't. No. It's yeah. a little bit odd. Um, so big dude. For Oklahoma State, uh, Campbell can pull double duty as a pitcher and a DH. Love to see that. Um, so he immediately won a spot in the weekend rotation in 2020. He was a finalist for the John Olrud Award as NCAA's D1's best two ah! talent in 21. Um, when he threw a 99 pitch no hitter against Kansas. Love to see that. Ah! Um, He's more of an on-base guy than a slugger at the plate. He's focused solely on pitching this season um, and could fit towards the end. My sweet Lanta. Do I need to step in here? This dog is really getting a little bit crazy here. Um, He focused solely on pitching this season. Um, And, yeah, so exciting to see what he does. We'll see where he goes in the draft. Interesting to see. Um, Then we have another who was really never in our top 25, uh, Jace DeLauder, outfielder from James Madison, because obviously James yeah. Madison just wasn't on our radar. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a redshirt sophomore this year due to the COVID year. 
This year, Chase hit 437, a career high, but his freshman and sophomore years were excellent too, hitting 382 and 386. Those are just absolutely fabulous numbers. I love to see that. Um, definitely a slugger with a slugging percentage this year of 828. <laughs> but he also got on base from walks 28 times this year, leading him to a 576 on base percentage. Love to see it. Um, yeah. Definitely an outfielder at James Madison, but has had some pitching experience um, in his career. So he had just one this year in which he allowed three walks, but in 2020, the shortened season, he had four, and in 2021, he had five, throwing between nine to 92. Um, and speedy for his size, 6'4", 235. So yeah. impressive. I love to see it. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely someone that, like, they do credit him for his speed, even though he is another one of those Six big boys. 6'4". Four. Six four, yeah, 235. Two, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Love to see it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, moving on to our number 10 is a right-handed pitcher out of Georgia, Jonathan Cannon. This is someone that uh, D1 Baseball really hyped up a lot at the beginning of the year. Um, in his career at Georgia, he had a 16-6 and record with a 3.71 ERA and 31 appearances and 25 starts. So he um, is not really getting as much hype right now as he was in the beginning of the season, but still kind of did it for Georgia this year. We know Georgia was not what they could have been, yeah. I guess. And I don't know. Um, but he was yeah. American by Collegiate Baseball, the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association. Um, pretty much everyone first first team all sec he was ranked among top college pitchers for the 2021 and 2022 mlb drafts and this year he finished with a nine and four record and a 4.02 era making a team leading 13 starts and pitching 78 and a third innings with 68 strikeouts and 12 rocks 12 walks so a great strikeout to walk ratio um and like i said someone that was hyped up more at the beginning of the year and just kind of fell off a little bit i mean that 4.02 ERA isn't the best. The four losses isn't the best. But still, overall, I would say a pretty great right-handed pitcher out of Georgia. Yes. So, Absolutely. Definitely. Um, Moving on down, here's the Cade you were talking about. Cade Dowdy. Right? There we go. Year, I'm like, like I Drew know. Dowdy? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm confused. No, you're yes. fine. Dowdy <laughs> is a second baseman out of LSU. He was drafted out of high school in the 39th round of the 2019 MLB draft, but went to LSU instead like his family. Cade is the younger brother of a former LSU catcher, Brayden Dowdy, and the son of former LSU catcher, Richard Dowdy, who played for the Tigers back in the 80s. Um. What to even say about this kid? I mean, pretty decent numbers this season. Nothing I would really write home about. He hit 298. Uh, he, well, he slashed 298, 393, and 567. He walked 29 times this year and was hit 10 times. So I was looking at that and I was like, do people oh. hate him? Like, was Literally. he a dick? Like, exactly. I don't know. What's going on here? Because, <laughs> I mean, getting walked a lot, I'm like, okay, yeah, you see that, like, I mean, I don't know. I was just kind of like, Oof, 10 yeah. hit by pitches. That's a lot. There's got to be a reason for it. But there has to be. It's SEC baseball. So you never, you never know. Um, moving right along to what D1 baseball had at number 12. 
of their college players to go into the season was Jordan Beck, the outfielder from Tennessee. He scored a run in 50 of his 65 games played. As you all know, though, Tennessee was freaking unreal this year. Like, everyone was scoring no matter what. Um, He had 17 outings with multiple runs scored, and he tied the team lead in runs scored with 70. He posted a single-season career best in runs scored with the 70, like I said. Three triples, 18 home runs, and 34 walks, and uh, a 570 slugging percentage. So he can hit for some power. A lot of um, what people say he gets his power from is how he uses his bat speed to kind of get that power. So that's awesome. And scouts really like to compare him to Hunter Renfro um, when he was at, or was Hunter Renfro, Mississippi State. So, or Mississippi? I don't remember. Hunter Renfro? I'm going to roll with it because I don't even know. I'm like, uh, okay. What she, what she said. Missis- <laughs> a Mississippi school. <laughs> yeah. So, lots of similarities there. Um, but, of course, like we said, like, that's SEC baseball. It's kind of on, on yeah. brand. On brand. Moving down to Dylan Beavers, who was actually an outfielder from Cal. He was a two-time All-Pac-12 first-team outfielder in 2021 and 2022. This year, he slashed 291, 426, 634 while starting all 56 games in right field. So that's cool to start all of your games. Good for you. We love a good day in, day out, always on the field player. Absolutely. That's why I still respect the hell out of, like, Miguel Cabrera. Because, like, you're still catching and you're doing it. Yeah. All the time. Um, But back to Dylan Beavers. He slugged 17 home runs, which was tied for the eighth most in a single season in the history of the University of Cal Berkeley. And totaled 62 hits, including 36 that went for extra bases, which were the 16 doubles and three triples. He has a good arm. He hits for power and can run, but really he is all around a five-tool player. However, he just does get a lot more credit for his arm, his power, and his speed. So, But, I mean, we love it. We love a good five-tool five-tool yes. player, you know? Absolutely. Moving on down. Okay, going to East Carolina, which is a team that, like, I feel like we started to kind of, like, fall in love with a little bit towards the – end slightly i i did because i love that they were always so happy they were just a happy um happy happy time but in the 2021 season carson weisenhunt posted a six and two record with 377 era like i said he's a lefty pitcher allowed 28 runs 26 earned on 50 hits and struck out 79 and walked 22 in 62 innings of work in the 2021 summer he pitched for the USA Collegiate National Team and started a pair of games posting a 1-0 record with a 1.5 ERA and held opposing hitters to just a .150 batting average, composite batting average. Um, when you look him up, you're going to be like, what? Why are there no statistics for 2022? This kid <laughs> was suspended for the 2022 season after testing positive for a banned substance. So I kind of lost a little bit of respect from him there. And I stopped yeah. looking and reading about him. But what they really like to credit him on is his changeup. He has one of the best changeups in 
college baseball slash this draft class. Um, his changeup goes to like 82, 85 and drops right at the plate. Um, I think he had like a 60% swing and a miss rate, which is just unreal on real seats. So if only you didn't do performance enhancing drugs or whatever yeah, the drugs dude, are that you did. Come on. Come on. Right. We don't like, we don't need any of that. You know, we all make dumb choices sometimes, but like come on, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh down in Alabama where they love Nick Saban is Connor Prelip. <laughs> um, you know that song we're talking about? I know what you yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Connor Prelip, the lefty pitcher out of Alabama who's got a wicked slider. He did not allow a run across for the first 26 and two-thirds innings of his career, spanning his first two seasons of collegiate baseball. He did suffer a season-ending injury mid-year and missed the majority of the 2021 season with a little TJ action, but he worked from back from that injury during his junior year. Um, so he really started to, I guess, I don't know what just come back. But his freshman year in the shortened season, way back, like, Time travel real quick, back to 2020. <laughs> he struck out 35 compared to just six walks and held opposing hitters to an SEC low .077 batting average. So, great year 2020. 2021, kind of gone, TJ. 2022, working his way back. But like I said, his slider is just unreal. It's mid-80s, touches 90s. Obviously, it has that movement, that break. And he's just, he's doing it. He's doing it. Love it. Yeah. Um, people, obviously, Tommy John can go either way. But in theory, some people think that how you have your elbow reconstruction can actually cause more movement or velocity on your pitches. So hopefully that happens for him and this doesn't have poor effects Yeah. for him. Okay. To Campbell. <laughs> The Campbell Camels, which we started Campbell. to talk about a lot this year. They made a we regional. We really did. Yes. Congratulations. We really talked about them a lot because it was like they were playing like all of our top 25 teams. Because obviously we had, you know. Yeah. And while so we cool. talked about Campbell, the Campbell Camels, quite a bit, we did not tell you guys enough about Zach Nito. No. He not at went. All hard this year in 53 games starting every game at shortstop he slashed 407 514 and 769 in almost 200 at bats all slash categories led his conference and were top 10 in the nation unreal okay yeah he had let's get into it let's dig into these numbers 23 doubles three triples or two triples sorry and 15 home runs he drove in 50 Runs, worked 39 walks, and only struck out 19 times all season. Dude. Wow. That, I love to see that. Especially mm -hmm. the 23 doubles. Mm. I, lo I love it. I 19 love it. strikeouts, like not bad yeah. if you think about it. He was in 53 games, give mm -hmm. or take about four, like about four plate appearances. Well, we had, he had 199 at-bats. We know how many at-bats he had. Only struck That's out 19 insane. times. So. 180 of his at-bats were something else was happening. Like, he was touching yeah. the ball. Yeah. There was contact being made. So, 
fantastic for him. Um, on top of all that, he's got some speed. He was 19 for 20 on his stolen base attempts. My Lanta. 19 stolen bases. Yeah. What? The, yeah. Like Paige said, honestly, yeah. we did not talk about him enough because props to Zach. Yeah. Love to see I, it. I was looking at these and I was like, what the hell? Like, I know we talked yeah. about Campbell this year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so really dang it all there. Like, the speed, the, like, wow. Okay. But anyway, he put together a 29-game hit streak also, which is a little fun fact that I like to see. No surprise, though, because like we said, he... I mean, he hit 407. Like, his on base was 769. I don't even know. I can't even see the camera. But anyway, he put together a 29 hit streak from March 22nd to May 27th. He reached base in each of the final 44 games of the season and reached safely in all but one game during the entire season. So, in only one game did this effort not get on base. He had wow. 24 multi hit games, and obviously, like I said, it was Campbell. Not the best conference, but like yeah. unreal. That's still Seriously. unreal to do well, that's all what I'm of that. Too. Like think about literally Brooks from Cal Poly. It's like some of these teams. Like I mean, I guess they do have the California schools, but yes, some of these teams like aren't the best conference. They don't play as like tough of competition, mm-hmm. but they obviously have these standout players. So I love to see it. Zach, you know, I'm sorry, dude, we didn't give you enough props because insane numbers. Love to see yeah. it. Super good. So I honestly yeah. hope to see him go pretty high yeah. and do something. That's awesome. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. Going along to one of our little underclassmen babies who's actually draft eligible, though, is Caden Wallace, who we did talk about him because he was a Razorback. Woo Pig Subi, third baseman in Arkansas. He slashed 298, 387, and 553. If you like the old school stats, though, he did hit 16 home runs and had 60 RBI. So... Pretty cool. His freshman year, his fielding percentage was a perfect 1.000. This year was his sophomore year, like I said, because he's underclassman draft eligible. Not as great. He had 11 errors, so it dropped it down to a .927. But still, I mean, good defensively, I guess. Not terrible. So I would really uh, say you should expect to see him in more of the second or third round. He's a sophomore, so lots of leverage for him on coming back. Not just for a senior year, but or a junior year, but a junior and a senior year, vice versa. Yeah. Um, so I could definitely see him. Even, I mean, some people just love to go back to school. And since he has so much leverage with that, and baseball being one of the drafts that you don't have to, like, commit into, I could definitely see him coming back to Arkansas if needed, um, if a signing bonus is not exactly what he would like. Absolutely. So, um, and then one more that D1 Baseball really had up there at the beginning of the season was Reggie and first baseman with UConn. He was out this year with Tommy John, but let me tell you about what he did back in 2021. He started all 51 games that he played, um, or that played mainly at first base. He hit 295 with 11 doubles, one triples, one triple, 34 runs scored, and slugged 543. He led the Big East and the Huskies with 13 home runs and 62 RBI. He had 18 multi-hit games and led the team with 17 multi-RBI games, including a team-high seven games with four four RBI or more. Wow. That's just him at the plate. 
On the mound, Crawford pitched in six games and made one start for the Huskies. He went one and one with one save and a 2.35 ERA. In seven and two-thirds, he struck out 17 while holding opponents to a .172 batting average against. We talked about UConn this year, and we didn't tell you enough about Reggie Crawford because he was out with Tommy John. Yeah. Well, he was a player. But last year, he did it, and he, I mean, it just scares me. There's a couple players we've talked about with Tommy, like that had Tommy John or elbow reconstruction this year. It does scare me because right when they get drafted, they're going to go through physicals. So teams can always really kind of of screw them over depending on what they see in this. So that's true. And also I will just point out, like, even though we obviously talked quite a bit about UConn this year, it's still a team that is so odd to me that like, yeah, I agree. was up in our top 25 for so long, but good for Reggie. And we're excited to see what happens for him next. So Super. yeah, that's our top 18 prospects. Now we're just going to talk about like some notable players, obviously that Paige and I mentioned quite a bit this season. Um, the top three being all OSU baseball players. The first one being Cooper Jerpy. Uh, he is set to go early in the second round. Obviously, like I said, Oregon State starting pitcher finished 11-2 on the season. He finished with a 2.53 ERA and has really just been a key part of the Beavers rotation the last two two years. So really excited to see what's next for Cooper. He really killed it this last season. Um, Jacob Mountain. Same as Cooper, set to go around the 39 spot. Um, outfielder for the Beavs, he slashed 360, 424, and 670. So his OPS was 1.094, 17 home runs. Just really, I don't know, blossomed this year. He started actually at Lynn Benton, transferred to OSU in 2020. Obviously, we had the shortened 2020 season due to COVID. And then he had a phenomenal 21 and 22 season. So Jacob Mountain, also very excited for him. And then Justin Boyd, the OSU redshirt sophomore, a player who has been solid this past year, but really just like rocked it at the end of the season. I was thoroughly impressed with um, both his offense and defense. So let's see, he played in and started 62 games batting a Pac-12 best 373 with 14 doubles, four triples, nine home runs, and 53 RBIs, and 52 walks. So really excited for these three Beaver players. Uh, Justin also led the Pac-12 with 24 stolen bases. Yeah, and Justin Boyd is a redshirt sophomore, so he still has two more years that he could come back to yeah. play. If he Which is important to. because, yeah, good. If it's, if it's not ideal, I mean, obviously, where he gets drafted, as in, like, placement, where he gets drafted and all that stuff, yeah, he could come back and play for the Beavs. Mm-hmm. Did you see oh, – sorry, I have to cut right here in the middle since we're talking about the Beavers. <laughs> Jake Ducart, he's going to Texas yes, Tech. Yes, Texas How Tech. How exciting. <laughs> we're excited because, obviously, we love to talk about Texas, too, on the pod. We have to, obviously. Um, so I'm actually really excited about that. I obviously love Jake on the Bees. He also had our favorite walk-up song. It's tricky. Uh, song. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was so cool though. I was like, love to see it. Yeah, I saw that too. I was really excited. Sorry, that was like a little kid laugh. 
love that. I know, no, literally. And also, I hate to say this. I just feel like Paige and I, it was like our song senior year, that I'm just obnoxious. Anytime it comes on anywhere, I'm like, yeah, this is my friend Paige and I's song. I'm like, Mackenzie, that sounds really stupid, but sure, go girl. Keep continuing to tell people that. Do it. Yeah, it's fine. I love it. It's a great song. Every time it comes on, you can't not like. You can't not. On it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm so sad that this is the first time we're mentioning him on this episode. Um, Ivan Melendez, our Golden Spikes winner this year, the first baseman out of Texas. He is not set to go until, like, around the fourth round. I hope that changes. I truly, truly, truly hope that changes. He obviously, like I said, was the first baseman from Texas. We talked about him a ton this year, the Hispanic Titanic rightfully so and deservingly so he won the golden spikes award which goes to the best college baseball player um each season he was the d1 baseball all-american first baseman he had 32 home runs he had a 387 batting average his on-base percentage was 508 so he's getting on base half the time and his slugging percentage was 863 he really was just Something Insane. else. I like. don't even think we really need to go into the Hispanic yeah. Titanic that much because we talked about him all year long. He was just so good. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like brain blasting to me that not really expected until the fourth round. Right. Uh, like, th- and also 32 home runs. And obviously, I mean, Texas started out as our number one. They clearly within the first few weeks dropped and even dropped out of our top 25. It is what it is. But... He's still a phenomenal player, so, like, I agree with you. Yes. I hope to see him go before the fourth round because yeah. that just doesn't seem fair. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Sticking with our Big 12 teams, Peyton Graham was a redshirt sophomore out of Oklahoma, an all-American shortstop. He slashed 344, 428, and 659. He hit 20 home runs, so not 32, but still a shit ton. In 2021, he started all games at third base, um, and he had Big 12 honors. So, like, I don't know. He He's just really doing it. He's, he can play short. He can play third. He really knows that left side of the infield. He's speedy. He can steal some bases. He, in 2020, which was only an 18-game season, he stole eight. And then in 2021, he tied the team lead with seven. Or, and I'm <sighs> – in 2021, he had seven. Sorry, I cannot talk. So last year, he only had seven stolen bases. The year before, he had eight stolen bases. But this year, he had 32 stolen bases. My Atlanta, I can't even not talk. Sorry, it's late here, y'all. It's almost 10. Dude, also, also, that was me at the beginning of this episode. Even though Paige and I are, like, so excited for the draft in this episode, we both got on here today and we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so dead today. So you know what? You just have to bear with us. It's a do you lot, want to a fly lot of numbers and like feel like so congested after you fly? Yes. Like, I'm just my nose. Yes. And I'm like, yes. I probably. And you know what? Snow. This is gonna sound. This is gonna sound Snotty. super. So Paige, stupid. I don't even think that's a word. Um, it's not. But Paige flew and she's con- congested. I decided to just like indulge and have like an IPA tonight, and now I'm congested. Does do you ever get congested from drinking, or is that just me too? Uh, yeah, it depends on what I'm drinking. Like, red wines can kind of make me congested. Oh, red wine. The sulfites mm-hmm. in that dude will F you up. Yeah. Ooh, that's look at a you, little one. scientist. A little scientist, Soul but yeah. Fight. I was like, I'm going to have a little beer, and now I'm, like, sniffing. But it's okay. 
Y'all thought you were turning into a baseball draft podcast. Little did you know you're getting <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy on here, teaching You're welcome. Like. You're welcome. And they also have stir sticks and little filters that you can put in your wine to take the sulfites out. And it actually helps tremendously. Little fun tip. They have them on Amazon or whatever. Ad. Free ad. Free okay. ad. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. Moving Hello, where on, were we? sunny, 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 um, sunny to start out of Auburn, the first baseman. Okay, to start off before I even get into the baseball, happy engagement to Sunny. He got engaged yes. a couple weeks ago, so that's so exciting. I have not seen anything about him going in the draft anywhere, pretty much. No, so I don't know if that's nothing. something that he's not really looking into doing. I'm wondering that too. How? What year is he? He was as a senior. This was his senior year. He's a senior. So, yeah. Wonder, yeah. Maybe he's just kind of like, eh. It's not for want me. to live life. I'm Who knows? He it was his only year at Auburn. He was at Samford, Samford, not Stanford, Samford, <laughs> before coming to Auburn this year. Um, but yeah, y'all know we talked about him a lot because he was a big power hitter. He slashed 381, 550, 782 was his slugging. He had 22 home runs for Auburn. And D1 Baseball did have him as an All-American, but at DH, even though he was a first baseman, because how do you beat out Ivan Melendez for the first base spot? You can't, so they had to put Sonny at DH. Um, But obviously, great guy. I mean, I stalked his Instagram, and I want to be his friend. (laughs) no I feel that and truly I mean obviously Auburn beat the Beavs so I've got a little bit of respect for them and Sonny really came through like watch it was kind of my first time watching Auburn after they beat the Beavs and obviously when they were playing them and I was like yeah no he really is he's pretty good he's a power hitter so we'll see what he plans on doing if he's gonna continue yeah. to play baseball or maybe he's just like no I'm getting married and I'm living life and I don't really care that's cool too that's cool too that's cool. exactly um well moving on to another player that we talked about was Miami's Andrew Walters Miami was kind of like one of our other wild card teams this year um he Andrew Walters was a relief pitcher who had 32.2 innings this year had a 1.65 ERA and 14 saves. Um, MLB Prospects has him at the 130th pick in the draft, but he was a D1 Baseball All-American this year too. So he's got some honors. He had a great season with Miami. Obviously, Miami did very well this season. So we'll see. We'll see what comes of that. I love it. Um, okay, going down to my favorite player, I think, in all of yes. college baseball this year. Was Tristan Stivers out of Texas State. We were telling y'all about him from day one. He is the relief pitcher. Um, he did have one start in regionals against Stanford when he was lights out. But relief pitcher out of Texas State. He had seven wins and 18 saves for the Bobcats, which is just super unreal. I mean, seven wins and you're a relief pitcher. That's dope. Yeah. That is he had a 2.21 ERA and 86 strikeouts this year. He is not even on that top 250 prospect list from MLB, but he did have an excellent season, like an all-star, all-American season. He won all five All-American awards, um, 
And so I think something can happen. I do see that think that he would get drafted a little bit higher up in the draft, like lower, I guess, higher up, lower, um, like in the later <laughs> rounds is what I'm, what I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. all confusing me. But if he doesn't get drafted, I 100% guarantee you, you will still see him playing baseball, whether that's indie ball yeah. or anywhere else he is not ready to be done. So I definitely guarantee that you will see Tristan Cybers in your future when you are watching some farm baseball. I love that. Um, Blake Tidwell, not a whole bunch to say about him, but obviously we talked about him quite a bit this season because he played for Tennessee. Um, he will most likely be a second rounder. He's a right-handed pitcher expected to go 27th overall. Um, and he's a draft-eligible sophomore. So I'm assuming if he really does go in the second round, um, I'm assuming he would go. But just somebody to, like, keep our eye out on. He was great this season for Tennessee, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes next. Yeah, I didn't think a whole bunch about that. I mean, obviously it's possible that he's a second-rounder, but I know he got an yeah. invite from the uh, USA, like, college team to play this summer, and he draft eligible sophomore so I mean so much potential for coming back so exactly definitely yeah and also, I mean who doesn't who doesn't want to play for um what's his butt why am I forgetting his name now Tony Vitello yeah <laughs> I knew you'd have me on that one I was like I, I'm blanking but Paige knows <laughs> yeah I got you I got you I got you um also out of Tennessee we had Trey Lipscomb talked about him a shit ton this year he is a third baseman. He had 355 with 22 home runs and a 717 slugging percentage. He led the SEC, um, leads the SEC. I, I don't know what because I didn't write that in my notes because I'm, <laughs> I've been exhausted. I'm um, sorry, you guys. This is a lot of info. Okay, you're also about to get like an over an hour ep. Okay, there's a lot to talk about here. So, so many players. No. <laughs> I can actually tell you what he led the SEC, and he led the SEC in RBI, um, and he was fifth nationally in RBI. He also ranks in the top five in the conference in slugging percentage. Like I told you, it was insane, seven seventeen. He's second in the SEC in that, second in the SEC in total bases, fourth in home runs, and fourth in runs scored. Whew. Beauty, beauty. Well, we also talked quite a bit about Parker Messick this year. Left-handed pitcher for Florida State, projected 54th pick from MLB Prospects. He finished with a 7-5 record and a 3.38 ERA. 98 in two-thirds inning pitched. Honestly, not a great year for him. Um, his 21-2021 season looked a bit better his numbers are better than um he ended 2021 with an 8 and 2 record and 3.10 ERA but obviously he did pretty great for Florida State and he's on our radar and we'll see you know we'll see what happens he's projected 54th which is not terrible so mm -hmm. we'll see what happens yeah I was thinking about that too like I mean we definitely talked about him a lot he's mm -hmm. projected 54th but it just wasn't his best year yeah happens we'll um see. real quick another Tennessee player is Ben Joyce he's expected in the third round right-handed pitcher like I said out of Tennessee um probably around 112 is what MLB prospects has him but we'll see Ben Joyce Ben Joyce baby 
Um, another favorite from Campbell, Thomas Harrington. He was a starting pitcher for Campbell this year, this past year, past season, I should say. Um, national wins leader as the only pitcher with 12. Um, 2.53 ERA, D1 Baseball's first team All-American. Um, he was only a sophomore, but his birthday is July 12th. He will be 21 by the time the draft rolls around this weekend. He is um, 21 now. So, it's July oh, yeah. 13th. It's July 12th. It's, exactly. It's happy 13th. belated birthday. <laughs> happy Thomas belated, Thomas. <laughs> Love to see it. Happy 21 or hope you're having a great time with that. Um, <laughs> so he is draft eligible and we'll see what happens this weekend. I don't know. The dude could go back to yeah. school. He could. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. True sophomore. So he really could go back to school. He has two more years of eligibility. Or maybe he'll send it and say, I just turned 21. I'm going to go in the draft. Exactly. Yellow. Yeah. Never know. Okay, next and last player we're going to specifically talk about is someone we definitely did not talk about this year because he did not play this year. Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt. Obviously, like I just said, not a player from this year, but was at Vandy back in 2021 and was drafted by the Mets with the 10th overall pick, but did not sign due to uh, something on his physical. It like bumped way down his signing bonus, so he did not sign with the Mets but in 2021 he led um in wins and in strikeouts he's been playing indie ball to kind of get some exposure and show people for the draft what he's what he's got so he's been playing with the Tri-City Valley Cats he has a good he has a good fastball back and he's been touching about 99 with it obviously we can't tell for sure what his health is because like who knows he looked really good when Vandy like won the year before mm-hmm. and then apparently he wasn't okay. So who knows what his health is, but he is expected to get drafted again this year. So yeah. pretty high up. And like you so. said, obviously with those physicals, you can go from obviously mm-hmm. he was the tenth overall pick. That's insane. Yeah. And then didn't end up signing. Didn't end up signing. So Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Crazy how it all works. Um well like I said, we truly are pushed pushing an hour on this, but we definitely want to talk about Paige. Why draft college over high school? How do we feel about drafting in baseball high school players versus college players? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? I mean, I am a huge college baseball fan. So I'm obviously like totally draft college over high school. You get more data, more numbers. They have more exposure. They've had free coaching pretty much given yeah like from the mlb standpoint they just had two three four years of free coaching so um i definitely say like i I think more and more so teams are drafting college over high school more yeah Um, it used to be more lean towards the high school kids they're younger you have more time to kind of develop them and now it's it's not changing and college players are definitely getting drafted more and more. And I like that because, like, the note that I put in here is, like, I just feel like it's, like, the beauty of baseball. Like, working your way mm-hmm. through the pipeline, the system, whatever you want to call it. Going to college. I mean, obviously not everybody gets their degrees in the end. Whatever. Everybody gets to make their own choice. I just feel like college is, like, it's just a good stepping stone onto the next, you know? I feel like it's very important to have that opportunity and that growth in between. So. And you never know what's going to happen in minor league baseball. Like something exactly. crazy could happen and 
you don't ever end up making it up. And if you go to college, you can build those memories, those like lifelong friendships um, exactly. and those experiences. Like I think back to like Oregon State 2018, like all the people that only played in college didn't play in high school or didn't play after and had like that such a great experience of going to mm-hmm. Omaha two times and winning a national championship. Exactly. Like, you never know. You, you never, never know. know. I, yeah, Paige and I are definitely on the same page with this one. Definitely yeah. big advocates for college baseball, obviously. Duh. Um, and then I'm also going to let you take the lead on this one, too. What's going to happen with the freaking Pac-12, bro? <laughs> with all the changes. Oh, my sweet I just think that, like, you're, like, as most of y'all know, USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12. Those are two traditionally very good baseball schools. Yeah. And they're going to a conference that is traditionally not a baseball conference. Yeah. Uh, going to the Big Ten, they do not have good baseball schools. So do we think this is going to help USC and UCLA and really, like, boost them to the top of their conference and stay those competitive, like, programs? Mm-hmm. Or the other question is, could it hurt them? Could it open the door for other conferences um, to, or even if the Pac-12 stays together, to come in and steal all those Southern LA recruits that they get? I mean, I think mm-hmm. you can – there's potential for the SEC to now go into Southern LA or Southern California more and take all those prospects and say, come play and not just for a baseball school, but for a baseball school and a baseball conference, come play where you're actually enough competition where we can actually shape you into a better player versus going to play a bunch of below average teams in the big 10. So I think it definitely opens the door more for the SEC, more for the ACC and more for any other Pac-12 schools, if the Pac-12 stays together, like Oregon State. We don't typically yeah. take, like, recruit as much in Southern California. It's more of, like, a mm-hmm. Northern California, Oregon, Washington recruit yep. area. Um, Absolutely. But I think it definitely opens the door if those two teams are going to leave. Yeah. My short and sweet comment is I think it's absolutely stupid. <laughs> I just, like <laughs> – I think it's going to hurt UCLA and USC in the long run. I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. they're pretty much always, like, um, solid baseball teams in the Pac-12. And, yeah, I I just, yeah, I think it's kind of dumb. But we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Yeah. All right, well, we will be back. We'll kind of go over, like, where these players we talked about today went. Did they go anywhere even? And who went high that we missed? Absolutely. Okay, everybody. Peace out.